I just got done eating a warm chocolate chip cookie and finished it off with a glass of milk, but I realized something. The chocolate had melted all over my hands and left fingerprints on my glass of milk. My fingerprints are special to me. Nobody else has them. There are jobs out there that use fingerprints, hair samples, and DNA to help solve crimes. They definitely would know who I was after seeing all of my chocolatey fingerprints. Who would look at this evidence for a living? Why is it important? Find out what STEM career I am describing in this episode of the STEM Career Quest podcast. Have you ever found yourself asking this question, what do I want to be when I grow up? Maybe you already have an answer to that. Maybe you don't. Both are okay. Welcome to the STEM Career Quest podcast, a show made for kids like you to help you build your dreams or even find new ones in science, technology, engineering, and math. Each week, hear captivating stories and interviews to explore the exciting world of STEM. Oh, and grownups and teachers, you can listen too. We'll talk to experts in STEM who are passionate about what they do in the real world and how they make a positive impact in their careers. Created and hosted by K-5 STEM coach Naomi Meredith, this show will spark your imagination and passion. Join us each week on our quest to explore the possibilities of careers in STEM one episode at a time. The STEM career that we're going to be hearing about today is what it is like being a forensic scientist. Forensic scientists help solve crimes by using science. The guest that I am interviewing today does a great job explaining what DNA is and other types of evidence that these types of scientists collect and analyze. To tell us more about it, we will be meeting our special guest, Kelly Knight. Kelly has experience being a forensic scientist, and she is currently an associate professor at a university to teach her students, her adult students, how to be a forensic scientist as well. So excited for you to meet Kelly and what it is like to be a forensic scientist. Get ready for today's episode, my little questies, like STEM career quest instead of besties, questies, get it? As you listen carefully, I want you to find the answers to these three questions. They do go in order of the episode, but you have to be an excellent listener to find out the answers. At the end of the episode, I will be revealing the answers for you. Question number one, what did Kelly's child lose that he wanted her to take to the lab to study? Question number two, true or false? You leave your DNA after chewing a piece of gum. And question number three, even if you try to clean it up, what are you always leaving behind everywhere you go? That last question kind of sounds like a riddle, doesn't it? But it's not. It's it's actually a real question. All right, let's find out the answers in our interview. 
All right, Kelly. Well, thank you so much for being here. What is your STEM career and how would you describe what you do? Yeah, so thanks for having me. I'm a forensic scientist and I like to consider myself a science detective. So in my career, I help to combine science and the law to help solve crimes. And more specifically, I'm a forensic DNA scientist. So as a forensic DNA scientist, I search evidence for biological fluids like saliva, and then I test to see who it belongs to. Ooh, does that ever gross you out touching those kinds of things? It does. It definitely can gross you out. Um, Funny story, the other day, one of my kids lost a tooth and they said they were going to ask the tooth fairy if they could give the tooth to me so that my kids, could, my students could test it in the lab. And I'm, you know, it has like all the ooey gooey blood like coming off of the tooth. And I'm like, as long as the tooth fairy is okay with it, I'm, I'm good with it too. But yeah, it definitely does get gross. <laughs> I think the tooth fairy would be okay with you doing a little bit of investigative work just to make sure that everything's okay. I think so too. (laughs) Uh, Along with that, you told us a really cool story, but are there other cool things about your job? What are the coolest parts? Yeah. So, I mean, I think my job is so cool because I literally get to solve puzzles for a living and I don't know who else loves puzzles, but I love a good puzzle. And every new case that I work really feels like a new puzzle to solve. And so does every problem that I come across as a scientist. So I really like that challenge of trying to figure out how to piece all of these different pieces of the investigation together. Do the puzzles take a long time? Do they take a day? Do they take a lot of days? How does that usually go? Yeah, so it really depends on the case that we're working on. Sometimes they're really quick if there's maybe only like one item of evidence or the evidence is really, really simple to process. But sometimes it can take weeks or months or even years, worst case scenario, because sometimes there's just a whole lot of evidence involved and sometimes it gets really complex. So yeah, I would say anywhere from days to years. Has there ever been any situations where things haven't been solved or you'd need to find more evidence to support the situation? Absolutely. So that happens more often than people think. I feel like a lot of the crime scene shows have made it seem like we always catch the bad guy in these cases and the evidence always solves the crime. Um, But forensic science is really just one very small piece of a very large investigative puzzle. And sometimes we don't really have a piece of the puzzle to give. So sometimes there just isn't evidence for us to test, or sometimes the evidence that is there may be very limited, um, or, you know, we're just not able to test it. And so because of that, you know, depending on the other pieces of the puzzle, cases don't always get solved. But what is very interesting about that is If you save the evidence, what we see is that years and years later, sometimes there's new technologies that can actually help us go back to those really old things that were never solved, and then we can reanalyze them. That's really cool how you use that technology to really help you solve the problem and analyze everything. And I bet you have to learn a lot of new skills as technology keeps changing and growing you probably have to learn new technology and problem solve on your side. Absolutely. I mean, I'm a professor now, so I am not working cases actively every single day. 
But what I do have to do is I have to stay current in the literature and I have to go to conferences just to stay updated because, yeah, as soon as you learn something new, something else bigger and better has already come out, which is great for the science because that means we're able to do more. But what is a little unfortunate about that is like as soon as you feel like you've mastered something, something new has come up and you have to learn that and master that. So it's definitely an ever evolving learning process. Well, you must have a great growth mindset, Kelly, and you must have to do that so much in the science field. So way to go sticking with that. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, you definitely have to keep up with with the time. So All right. So along with that, tell us about a neat project you might have worked on or something shocking that might have happened. I'm sure you have that happen a lot or even something funny that has happened in your job because not every day is perfect. Yeah. Yeah. So I did get to do something really fun a few years ago. So I don't know how many of your listeners have ever heard of Charles Lindbergh. But Charles Lindbergh was a famous aviator who was known for making the first nonstop solo flight from New York to Paris in 1927. And unfortunately, something really terrible happened to him at his home in 1932, so a long, long time ago. And someone was actually convicted of the crime. Um, But later on, they discovered that there was potentially some additional evidence that maybe leading to someone else who was involved. And so in 2017, uh, myself and a group of other teachers, we had the chance to go back to the original crime scene and search for additional evidence from, I mean, it was almost 100 years later. And as someone who's usually in the lab, so I'm a DNA person, which means I'm like the person who's always working in the lab versus someone who's usually out in the field. It was really exciting. But what made it even more exciting for me was I was eight and a half months pregnant at the time. So I had like this giant belly out at this crime scene. And I feel like it was it was such an interesting experience. But for me, especially as a woman in STEM, it was really empowering because to think of myself out there, eight and a half months pregnant, still like searching this crime scene and doing science. It was just an amazing feeling. So I think that's probably one of the most fun things I've done in the last few years. It was take your child to work day. <laughs> literally, literally. I take my I take my oldest son with me sometimes now when I do activities for elementary and middle school students um, in the field. And so literally that day I got to take my baby with me. So that that was fun. That's pretty amazing, too, how that case was over 100 years old. And I mean, those people aren't around anymore. But using the technology you were saying and how science has changed, where we're able to solve those mysteries that were possibly unsolvable at the time. That is so awesome. Absolutely. I mean, science is amazing. And scientific evidence is very, very resilient. So sometimes people think that, you know, if something is left behind outside or, you know, something like that, that we we can't really do anything with it or we have to get it right away. And obviously, the sooner the better. But I mean, we've been able to find evidence decades and decades later and, you know, kind of trace it back to someone. So it's, it's really super cool. Three facts about DNA you might not already know. DNA actually has a really long name, and it stands for deoxyribonucleic acid. 
Whoa, say that three times fast. But we typically just call it DNA. DNA is the genetic blueprint that living things have to tell what it's going to be like. In fact, humans and chimpanzees have very similar DNA. No two people have the exact same DNA, much like your fingerprints. Even identical twins who look so much alike, their DNA is almost the same, but not exactly 100% match. If you look really close at DNA under a microscope, it looks like a big, twisting ladder. Did you know these three things about DNA? Pretty cool, right? Loving the STEM Career Quest podcast and want more? Join the STEM Career Quest Club. Perfect for teachers, homeschool parents, or families looking to add more educational opportunities during school breaks. Inside, you get access to a private community of other STEM Career Quest listeners, comprehension guides for each episode, teaching slides for each episode where it is broken up into chunks so you can listen in smaller segments, related STEM activities you can complete with simple materials, one monthly virtual STEM field trip, and more. Join the club at stemcareerquestpodcast.com slash club. When it comes to DNA, what types of things on a human would be considered DNA? What are those things that you could use to figure out who a person is? I love this question because there's some things that people may think are really gross, but you can potentially get DNA from it. So some of the ones that people think about the most are like blood or saliva. So like if you have a bloody Band-Aid, you can get DNA from that. If you chew gum and there's saliva in the gum, you can get DNA from that. You can also get DNA from skin cells. So when you're touching things like doorknobs or cell phones or tables, you can't actually see it, but there are skin cells. We shed thousands and thousands of cells a day. And so we can go back and we can get DNA from skin cells. You can also get DNA from hair. Um, They used to always say that we could only get DNA from roots, but it actually is expanded now and you can actually get DNA from the hair shaft. And what I always think about when I think about hair now, there was this Instagram graphic where a young girl was thinking about donating her hair to Locks of Love. And she said, well, if I donate my hair to a wig and that person who wears a wig commits a crime, can I be... (laughs) Can I be implicated in this crime? And I say, first of all, how smart is she to even think about that? And so everyone was thinking about, well, it can it happen? And everybody was sending me this picture like, you know, can can you actually get DNA from the hair? And everybody used to say no, but you can get DNA from a hair shaft now, which is really interesting. Um, you can also even get it from, I know kids think this is gross, but mucus. So like if you sneeze or... You know, if you have mucus come out of your nose, you can get saliva or you can get DNA from that. Um, So all different ways you can get DNA from teeth, um, all different places on your body. You can you can get DNA. 
So you're more than just a face and a fingerprint. You have DNA all over your body. Absolutely. All over the place. And you leave it everywhere, whether you want to or not. So (laughs) that's what I always think is funny about criminals in these situations. Like you see the crime scene shows and I'm like, if only they could be that smart, like when they try to clean up clean up after themselves. And I'm like, you leave DNA and evidence everywhere, even if you're trying not to. Like, They wear gloves and they think that the gloves are going to stop them from leaving their DNA. And then we find the gloves and then we swab the inside of the glove. And I'm like, well, your DNA is still here. Well, good to know. We have we have some great kid listeners out there that we know that they make good choices. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. So what experiences in your life led you to this career? And were there any inspiring people or books? How did you get to where you were able to do this for your job? Yeah, so a lot of my college students now always reference the crime scene shows and they say that's what got them interested. But for me, it was not actually any crime scene show because when I was in school, the shows weren't really popular. They weren't out yet. Um, It was actually a high school teacher I had in 11th grade. Her name is Miss Baldwin and she taught anatomy and physiology and she did a blood typing lab in her class. And basically with the blood typing lab, we had to test evidence and we had to test the samples from the victim and the suspect. And we had to see if we could match them together to see who committed the crime. And that was the first time I had ever heard of forensic science. And I just thought it was so fascinating because up until that point, I felt like all of my science classes were spent memorizing formulas and learning all these scientific facts, but I didn't really see the why or how it was applied. I mean, I still loved it, but I was interested, like, how are you actually using this in in the real world scenarios? And when I saw how you could use science to help solve crime and really contribute to something bigger than yourself, I was just thrilled. So that's what really drew me to forensic science. I love that. So going to school can be really important because it could impact who you want to be when you grow up. You never know what types of things you're going to be learning, how that can help spark a passion for your life. Yes, yes, I 100% agree with that. All right. So for any kids out there who might be interested in doing a similar type of job to what you are doing, what advice do you have for kids out there? Yeah, so there's a couple of things. One is definitely read and learn as much as you can about forensic science. There are so many different areas that kind of fall under that larger umbrella of forensic science, like crime scene investigation or DNA analysis. And so the more you read and learn about forensic science, the more you can really decide if there's one specific area under that umbrella that really interests you. Um, I'd also suggest taking as many science and math classes as you can or joining STEM clubs at your school if they have them, because science and math are so critical to forensic science, and they're really going to help teach you the important analytical and critical thinking skills that you need if you're going to be a forensic scientist. I'd also recommend attending science fairs, STEM camps, or even workshops if you can do anything to get some type of hands-on experience or exposure to different scientific fields 
that's always helpful. Even if you think you may not like it, sometimes I tell students it's just as important to know what you don't like as it is to know what you do like. Because then at least if you try it, you can cross it off your list and say, okay, I gave it a try, but I didn't like that. Um, But you never know. You may like it. Like for me, I honestly never thought I would end up in biology and DNA. Quite honestly, I hated it in undergrad. (laughs) I majored in chemistry. So biology is not the field I thought I would be in. Um, But when I did an internship at a DNA lab, all of a sudden I liked it. Like I didn't enjoy my classes at first, but when I actually worked with it hands on, I was like, oh, this is, this is really cool. So definitely get out there, get your hands on it. There's so many cool STEM camps and programs that are available now. So I definitely suggest that. And lastly, just stay curious. Curiosity is so important in forensics. A lot of people, you know, if you've ever been called nosy, you know, kind of flip that deficit and think of it as something you can use to just become someone who's really curious and, you know, always wanting to kind of help solve the puzzles. And that, that that's something that would make you a really great forensic scientist. So, you know, just stay curious and continue to enjoy the journey of discovering your passion within forensics. That is wonderful advice. And I think the kids out there are definitely going to love all of that. Thank you so much again for your time and your expertise. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. Hope you have been listening carefully to today's episode of the STEM Career Quest. Now, let's get into the answers of the questions that I told you at the beginning of the episode. Question number one. What did Kelly's child lose that he wanted her to take to the lab to study? Well, it was his tooth. He had recently lost a tooth and knew that his mom could do some scientific research on that tiny little tooth. But remember, she asked permission from the tooth fairy. Question number two, true or false? You leave your DNA after chewing a piece of gum. True, your DNA is even in your spit, which, yep, that's on your gum. Question number three, Even if you try to clean it up, what are you always leaving behind everywhere you go? Your DNA. Just like my chocolatey fingerprints that I left on my milk glass earlier today. How many did you get right? Were you careful in your listening? Need a little help following along with the questions in the episodes? Make sure to join the STEM Career Quest Club where there are comprehension guides and ways to help you be a better listener each and every week. Loving the STEM Career Quest podcast? Want to be featured on the show? Leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and tell us what you love about it. Maybe you'll be featured on our next episode. What is something new that you learn about being a forensic scientist? Is this a type of STEM career that you might want to explore? Even if it isn't, it is so important to learn about other different types of jobs that are out there to learn about the world in different ways. Excited for you to continue your journey with me here on the STEM Career Quest podcast. I'll see you in the next episode. 
Thanks for listening to today's episode of the STEM Career Quest podcast. Grab your free episode badge, connect with today's guests, follow us on social media, join the club, and more. Find it all on our website at stemcareerquestpodcast.com.